Welcome to Talking With Tech. I'm your host, Rachel Madel, joined as always by Chris Bougay. Hey, Chris. What's going on, Rachel? Not much. What you got for me this week? So I participated in ATIA. We both did, right? We were doing sessions at ATIA. Um, but I went to a particular session that I wanted to talk about because it was um, with one of the AAC users that has been on our podcast. So Kevin Williams, remember that episode with um, him and Latif McLeod? He received, Kevin Williams received an award, which is sort of the uh, the way they closed out ATIA is that he received this, uh, I think the actual title of it is the Prenky AAC Distinguished Lecturer Award. And he did a lecture like for about 60 minutes or maybe 45 minutes talking about his history with AAC, some of the takeaways that he's had, that he, some of the, the work that he continues to do with AAC because he's he works with Isaac, closely with Isaac and USAC, which are organizations that work in, in AAC. But then his work outside of that as well as a coder and a de- developer. And it was just it was just so great to hear him talk about the his experiences. And one of the big takeaways, Rachel, that, that at least my takeaway, I'd be very curious if anyone else uh, participated or listened to it, what their takeaways are. But one of my big takeaways from his talk was that he continues to use multiple systems to communicate, that he primarily uses his PRC device, but that was not his initial device. He's He used other devices, including Bliss symbols back in the day. But he talks about how that every day he continues to kind of code switch or flip from the right tool in the moment. You know, at least that's how I internalized what he was saying. Um, and it was just such a good reminder because I know that's something that um, I talk about during presentations. Uh, we've talked about on the podcast. We talk about together when we do presentations together is that every AAC user that is a functional user who has achieved snug like Kevin Williams, um, again, emphasizes this fact that they use multiple systems, that it's not just one system. So, yeah. So, and I would like to point out one other thing, Rachel, is that ATIA, as we advertised on the podcast, had a free track. And this was one of the things that's free. So at the time of this recording, the video is not up. We'll have it up in the show notes so that people can click on. And if you haven't watched the video, you can go back and watch it. I wasn't able to attend that live session, but it definitely was on my radar. I was seeing kids, of course, um, but I love Kevin Williams. I feel like he's really such a inspiration in a lot of ways. He's doing so much great work for our field. And I think you're exactly right, Chris. It's a great reminder that lots of AAC users who we've had on the podcast talk about the fact that they use multiple systems. They also talk about the fact that it was a journey to get to the system that they probably use as their primary means of communication, which I just think is really telling because it shows, one, you have to really advocate, right? And a lot of the AAC users talk about how their parents really advocated, you know, to keep trying um, to find that access method that was, you know, the easiest for individuals. And I think it's just such an important reminder, you know, because I think we have this idea when we do an AAC assessment, it's like, well, here's the device. Here's this one tool that's going to be like, you know, the perfect tool to help this student communicate. And, you know, of course, we want to think long term, right? Like we're really trying, like we're pointing, you know, at a dartboard. We're really trying to get into the center to find this one system that, you know, has the features that we need. It has the room for growth and development development of, you know, grammar and literacy and all these things. But 
I think that technology evolves. Um, I think that, you know, individuals, as they get older, they figure out what they like and what they don't like. Um, and so I think as clinicians, I think the lesson here is to involve the, the AAC user in that process, right? I think as, as professionals, sometimes we come in and we're like, oh, hey, here's the system. I have tons of experience with AAC. And I think this system or this access method is going to be perfect for you. But really trying to listen to the, the AAC user and and, and it's a process, right? It's like, well, what if we try this? Or is this better? Um, I think it's something that's not linear, right? I think we think about it in our heads as linear, but it's not a linear process. We've talked about that in the past as well, that there's so much emphasis on the selection process. And w- again, over and over again, what we've come, out, come and learned from this podcast is that it's not about one thing. It's about multiple things. And that really takes me kind of to the my evolution and my own thought about this is being intentional about the language we use. So, so often we use the word system. And when we say system, we mean the app. But... We're really talking about the app is one part of a larger system. So if let's take AAC out of it and just say, what would be my communication system? My communication system would be primarily verbal, but I also use pen and paper. I use a phone. I use text on a phone. I use um, emojis on a phone. I use a computer to type. And I, there's probably more than I'm forgetting about, you know, sticky notes. Um, and, and, and I guess we go with the nonverbals, right? But that's my system, right? And that's you would have a system that might have slightly different percentages. Like maybe you have a different tool that you use um, th- more frequently than I do, and I have a different tool that you that, that you don't use. And we, it makes this complex web, like you said, of um, of what our system is, so that. Are, again, being intentional in our language, it, those different apps that we use are really devices or tools, use those words, rather than the word system. What are you thinking? Yeah, no, I agree. I'm just thinking about, I'm thinking about my system, Chris. <laughs> and I feel like it's interesting to think about how just, you know, even just looking at myself, how the tools have evolved right? Like I find, and and they're, they're constantly changing. It's like one system that I used to, or one tool that I used to use is, you know, I don't really use it anymore, but like now I have this new tool that I'm like, Oh, this is really effective and helpful. Um, and so I think that, yeah, it's really helpful to frame it thinking about ourselves, right? Because we have that experience. Um, and like, and then I think like you have to kind of try out, try out a tool, to see if it works, right? And like, I feel like I've done that with so many different things in my life, not just communication wise, also just organizing comes to mind. So it's like, oh, I'm gonna have this really great to-do list, like this digital to-do to-do list or this great data tracking system, right? And then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna set all these things up. And then you like try it out for like a few weeks and then like typically I abandon it. <laughs> and like, and or like I use it, but I tweak it. So I think we can think about communication tools that we set up for you know, the clients that we serve in the same way. Um, it's a constant process and getting feedback is part of the process. Also, you know, being the person that can introduce new tools to people to say like, hey, have you tried this? Have you thought about this? Because that's always helpful to me. Like, that's how we find out about these things, right? It's like, you're, you tell me about like, oh, have you seen Padlet? And now I'm obsessed with Padlet. <laughs> I'm like, no, I haven't seen Padlet. And now I'm obsessed with it. So thank you, Chris. <laughs> 
So that is actually a big emphasis in the book, the the new book, the Inclusive 365, inclusive365.com. I uh, I'm on the I'm, I already pre-ordered it. I'm waiting for it patiently. But that is a big point that we make in the book over and over again in the way we structured it that way is to put the tool last because what like when you were talking about um you know a note-taking application the function comes first and that doesn't change meaning you're always going to need some sort of list making tool because you're always going to be making lists you're going to need some sort of note-taking tool the note-taking the to-do lists the ways to organize yourself those are functions of technology focus on that but the tools will come and go and that i think is a point that Kevin was sort of getting at without saying that explicitly, and I think that's what we're getting at here, is that tools change over time, either because they they age out and something new comes up, or because it just doesn't resonate with you anymore. So there's some sort of subconscious fatigue that happens with a tool, and you just gravitate sort of to something else. And that's okay. Yeah. Or they go from free to paid. That's a big deterrent for me. <laughs> I mean, usually I'm like, if it's a tool that I use a lot, I'm like so hooked and I just will pay. But if it's something that I'm like, nah, like I don't use it that much. So yeah, this is a really interesting conversation. I'm really happy that we talked about this. Rachel, I'll add one last thing there. I know that there are developers that listen to our podcast looking at like, what's the latest trends in AAC and what are people talking about? And I feel like this is a phenomenon people should understand is that once you've crafted your tool as a developer, if you are not constantly evolving it and making it different, there will be a drop-off at some point. You know what I mean? If you look at the big technology companies, you know, Google, Microsoft, all of, there's a constant evolution there of new updates, changes of interfaces, and sometimes that's frustrating for people. Like, you moved my cheese, all the stuff moved around, but some of that is necessary for growth to happen because they recognize that keeping everything static means it eventually falls off your radar, you know? Yeah, it's like every time Apple decides to change the charger and I'm like, cool, thanks, Apple. Now I have to update all of my things <laughs> in order to have a charged device. <laughs> but that's that's how it works. That's Exactly. That's the, the way it works. So um, speaking of app developers, I actually just got an email and this happens quite frequently, um, but I got an email that I was really interested in um, by an app developer who's trying to create a HIPAA uh, compliant video sharing system specifically for therapists. And I was like, ooh, like you've piqued my interest, Chris, you know how much I love using video. I'm just like sending videos back and forth all day long to all my clients and like vice versa. Um, and so it, it seems promising. Um, so anyway, I just emailed him back. I was like, ooh, yes, like tell me more about this. Um, just because, you know, I, I love using Loom. I love using all these tools, but they're not HIPAA compliant. And so when I talk about them during presentations and such, I tell people that. You know, there's it's not, you know, super, super, you know, safe as far as like privacy. But the other great thing about this specific tool that he shared um, was that you could comment at different timestamps. So like and then the timestamps show up on the right hand side and you can just click. So it could be um, really helpful when I'm going through videos and I'm like, oh, right here, because I tend to just take notes as I'm watching videos um, and then I can talk through it and like scroll to find the timestamps. But that I feel like feature is really exciting. So anyway, just some fun things that um, 
I'm thinking about now that this uh, developer just sent me an email. Um, how can we make video sharing better so that it's easier, it's more private, and you know we have better ways to communicate asynchronously, which I think is you know kind of a product of this whole pandemic, right? Is that we're trying to figure out ways that we can do our job when we're not able to be in the same room as someone or even in the same meeting as someone virtually. Um, how can we still really move the needle um, and teach and coach communication partners and all those things? So just a, a little bit of a tangent, but we were talking about technology and I was like, I just got an email, Chris. So um, started out talking on this podcast about Kevin Williams, AAC user. And as we move into our segment, that's what we've got coming up, right? We've got a longtime listener, super fan being the, um, the person that we interviewed today, right? Oh, my goodness, Chris. Chris Saka is the AAC user that you're talking about. He, I believe, is our biggest fan. He, I think, has listened to every single episode we've ever posted. And he's also a Patreon member. So it's just such an honor to be able to share this interview. Kind of a little bit of a backstory um, because he mentions his speech therapist, Beth Christensen. And we know Beth because we've, you know, interacted with her. I've never met her in person. I think you have, Chris, at a conference, correct? Yeah, I met her at ATIA. Amazing. Two years, two years ATIAs ago? Maybe last year. I don't know. Can't remember which ATIA, but yeah, we definitely had uh, correspondence and chatted for a while. Yep. She's awesome. Um, I like, just love her. She's also super funny. Um, we are friends on Facebook and um, have had a lot of correspondence. But the reason I'm talking about her is because Beth um, works with Chris and um, Beth was telling me just how much Chris loved our podcast, listened to our podcast. And I was like, well, tell him to come on the podcast. And she sent me a video that I'm actually, I have permission to share. So we're definitely going to share the video in um, our Facebook group of when Beth tells Chris that he's going to be on the Talking With Tech podcast. Um, it's really, really wonderful to see how excited he is. And it was just an amazing interview that I had with him. Um, I also had the chance to talk with his mom after the interview, um, who was you know, really wonderful, talking about how much, again, he loves our podcast and he listens to it. He takes his own money and he pays for Patreon. Um, and so it's just super excited to share this interview with Chris Saka. He's really wonderful. And I just can't wait to share all of his ideas about AAC with our podcast audience, because he is exactly why we make this podcast. I feel like he's the, the exact reason. And so I'm super excited to just like highlight his AAC experience. So without further ado, let's listen to Rachel's interview with Chris Saka. Black women and girls of color are underrepresented in professions related to science, technology, engineering, and math, also known as STEM for short. Imagine the impact changing this fact could have not only on the lives of black women and girls of color, but on the world as a whole. Young and preteen girls of color need more experiences and opportunities to learn technology and computer programming skills that can fuel curiosity, ingenuity, and passion. With the proper guidance, inspiration, and mentorship, Black girls and girls of color can become leaders in fields related to STEM. Black Girls Code is an organization that has a singular mission. It aims to introduce programming and technology to a new generation of coders, coders who will become builders of innovative technologies and of their own futures. Go to blackgirlscode.com to learn more about how you can volunteer or donate to support their mission. 
Black Girls Code is working to increase the number of women of color in the digital space by empowering girls of color ages 7 to 17 to become innovators in STEM fields, leaders in their communities, and builders of their own futures through exposure to computer science and technology. They are working to provide African-American youth with the skills to occupy jobs related to computing and to train 1 million girls by 2040. Check out their website at blackgirlscode.com or follow them on Twitter at blackgirlscode to learn about upcoming events, volunteer opportunities, apparel, and so much more. With your help, Black Girls Code will reach their goal and will see millions of young women of color achieve their dreams and change the world for the better. You can make a difference by going to blackgirlscode.com today. Welcome to Talking With Tech. I'm your host, Rachel Madel, joined today by Chris Saka. You guys, I think Chris might be our biggest Talking With Tech fan. He's an AAC user. I've been trying to get him on the podcast now for a while, and we finally are doing this thing. Chris, thank you so much for being here. Hello, Rachel. I'm sorry it took so long to connect. COVID-19 had made 2020 a mess. Yes. Yes, it did. It was a mess, Chris. COVID, it ruined everything for everybody. <laughs> but I'm happy we're finally here. And I just want to give our, our listeners a little bit of um, information. So you're using a head mouse, correct? That's right. And what, and what system are you using? Because we're a bunch of AAC enthusiasts, so we always want to know. What is the system? We need specifics about what you're using. I'm Usprint Chrome Company Accent 1000 with New Point. All right. So you're using a PRC device, Accent, with New Point. Amazing. I don't think we've actually had anyone with the New Point on the podcast so far. So you're, it's a first. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, Chris? Authentic Voices of America. I met my good buddy John. I hope he rests in peace. Then next summer, I met my good buddy Mike Hipple. Mike, if you listen to this, hey, I went to the ICE conference. The ICE conference taught teachers about AAC. I thought in my head I was sold. I knew what my job was. Then I found by Mike Hipple and Beth Christensen. USAC United States Society of Augmentative and Alternate USAC a chapter of Isaac International Society of Augmentative and Alternate Communication Communication. Then Mike invited me come on the membership committee. And Beth is head of the committee then she asked me can you be my lieutenant. I am 31 years old. I have two sisters. Okay, so you're 31 years old, you have two sisters. I love that you started sharing your journey with AAC and you mentioned Mike Hipple, who I definitely know from social media. He, um, I believe we're Facebook friends, him and I. And Beth Christensen is a speech therapist who actually I am friends with on social media as well. And she reached out to tell me how much you love our podcast. And so, you know, of course, the first thing I thought of was, well, why don't we have Chris on the podcast? Um, and so she, of course, she shared a video with me. She basically recorded when she told you that you were gonna come on our podcast. 
And it ha I have to say, Chris, it might be my favorite video of all time because you were so surprised and excited. Um, I just love that video and I love that Beth shared it with me. I'm actually trying to get Beth to come on the podcast, Chris. You think that sounds like a good idea? Yeah, you're really excited right now. I think Beth should come on. So we're gonna get Beth on too. <laughs> Okay, so Chris, you are an AAC user. You are doing amazing things with your AAC system. This is something that many people who are listening to this podcast either help people with or AAC users themselves are listening to this podcast. What advice would you give to someone who is either trying to teach AAC or is an AAC user themselves? My first piece of advice is parents, you don't give up. You make it fun. And if a child doesn't like augmentative communication device, you need to you say to your children, if you talk at dinner, you need to talk with the augmentative communication device and pass around because it's helping me to talk and continue therapy. I love that, Chris. And I think that you are a perfect example. Um, sometimes I have families who come to me with, um, you know, they have children who are in their 20s or their 30s, and there's this idea that, well, it's too late. And I think what you're saying is not to give up, and it's not too late. Um, you know, you can learn how to learn, use language and how to use a device, no matter how old or young. Um, I think that when you have really dedicated professionals around you, um, you know, it, it makes it easy, right? Right. Awesome. Okay. So you gave some advice, which I appreciate. Now I love when I have AAC users on, um, there's nothing that helps uh, clinicians and educators more than listening to actual AAC users. Um, so I'm curious, what is your biggest challenge? What's been your biggest challenge as an AAC user? People, they don't understand AAC. They don't understand how and why people are talking with augmentative communication devices. They don't know how smart we are. They don't know how to wait for my answers. I can hear you, so you don't have to yell at me and I am 32 years old. So please talk to me like an adult. Yes, actually, many of the AAC users that we've had on, um, Hannah Foley comes to mind. Um, yeah, you know Hannah? Hannah's one of my AAC besties. Um, she's wonderful, and she actually said the same thing, similar, um, talking about how people, you know, they're yelling at AAC users as if people can't hear them. Um, and the biggest thing is the wait time, right? So making sure that we wait long enough to allow an AAC user to formulate their thoughts because we know that sometimes it can take a little bit of time. Um, so just pausing and being patient. That's, that sounds right. Awesome. Okay, so are you currently in speech therapy with Beth? Yes. Yes, that's what I thought. So can you explain what the experience you've had with speech therapy i mean we know beth is awesome so i have a feeling it's a really good experience because she's so cool but can you tell me in your own words what has it been it like what has it been like to go through that process of speech therapy and having someone help you learn how to use your device to communicate when i was little i did not like my aac first but i played with my aac i thought i like aac now 
I thought speech therapy was bad until I met my friend Matt. Matt, if you are listening to this, hey, you know me. Later, I worked with Kathleen, then Amy, then I don't know who speech therapist. I have had many, many speech therapists in my life. Then I met my good dumb friend Beth Speaker Christensen. I think speech therapists don't offer AAC devices if they don't know enough about AAC. They need to go to school and learn more. Yes, this happened to me. When I was little, my speech therapist talked to me like I was a baby. Kathleen, Matt and now Beth are talking to me as a big boy. Haha. It is important to me because I am extremely good and it makes me happy. Amazing. Amazing. And I think it's in, it's important. Another important point to highlight is to talk to you like an adult, right? Um, I think that that's something that sometimes um, is challenging, um, even for clinicians. Um, and also finding activities for therapy that are, you know, age appropriate and things that you want to talk about. Beth actually told me you love sports. Yes? Yes. Yes, exactly. So I'm sure she's helped you learn how to communicate about some of your favorite things, right? So my next question for you is, are there any misconceptions that people have or that you run into because you're using AAC to communicate? People think I am dumb or a child. Sometimes people do not think I can answer questions by myself, so they ask my parents or my aides. I can answer by myself. Now, you talked about sports. You like sports. What other kinds of hobbies do you have? Things that you like to do for fun? Yes, Rachel. I am playing bocce. I am on a Paralympic team called Synergy. I participate in many social activities through the special recreation association near me called NWSRA. I like to go to sports, movies, and go out to eat with my friends. I am a new member of the membership committee of the United States Society of AAC or USAC. It is part of Isaac. You are very busy. You're very social. I can tell that already because we've been friends on Facebook prior to this, this interview, right? Um, I love that. I love all the things that you do. Um, bocce ball. You're going to have to teach me how to play bocce ball. I don't know about that. <laughs> do you have any fun stories for us to share? One time I was programming by accent and I deleted my main page. Then my dad called Beth and Beth downloaded back my main page. I learned we need to always back up my device. We are still programming information we lost. Yikes. I think that um, anyone who's worked in AAC has had that horror story of somehow not backing something up and losing it. So I can relate. <laughs> that exact situation has happened to me before, unfortunately. Um, so yes, this is a public service announcement, everybody. Back up the system. <laughs> Don't forget to back up the system. <laughs> okay. So... Chris, you're a huge fan of this podcast, so you probably know the question that I ask. So I ask everybody on the podcast, if you had a billboard that everybody could see, especially SLPs, speech therapists, what would your billboard say? I am smart. I have a brain and I am working to go to college. 
I love that billboard, Chris, and I'm super excited to see all that you do. Um, I'm so excited to share this podcast with everybody. You want to go to college. Is there anything else that's on the horizon? Any other goals that you have? My goal is I will go to college and I will keep programming my accent to make it how I want. I am a new ambassador for PRC, Saltillo, and on the membership committee for USAC. I want to present at the conference. You can find me on Facebook at Chris Halka and my email address is chrishelperac at gmail.com. I love it. We'll definitely link to all those things in the show notes. Um, Chris, thank you so much for coming on today. You have been an absolute pleasure to know prior to this podcast interview. I love that we're friends on Facebook. Um, So definitely stay in touch. But you also have been so supportive of our podcast. I have to say thank you so much for all the times you've shared an episode, liked a post that we've posted. I'm super excited to have you on. And I'm just so excited to share all of your wisdom with all of our listeners. Finally, you can be on our podcast. It's been months and months in the making, but I'm really excited that you were able to come on and join me today. As AAC users, we are the experts. I have my last comment about a podcast. I think it's important to use the word light tech instead of low tech because device users think oh, you are not smart because I am same as everybody else. I love that, Chris. I think the word low needs to be out of our dictionary. I think that that makes perfect sense to me and you are smart. Um, and so I appreciate that. And like I said, I really value listening to AAC AAC users themselves, um, because there's no better way to inform the work that we do than to talk to people like you who are using AAC. Um, So thank you so much for all of that. I appreciate that comment too. Um, And thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Amazing. So for Talking With Tech, I'm Rachel Madel, joined by Chris Saka. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week.